What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here, and welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 56.1. And after our debacle last week, um, <laughs> I don't know if anybody listened to that episode, but I basically just put all of our recordings together because it dropped recording like three times. And there was no music in there. And so it's just like barren. <laughs> it was it was a sad episode. <laughs> Bless his little heart. But um yeah. Uh we're back, hopefully doing good. My internet's back up. Uh and um we'll get the show on the road. We're playing through Mass Effect three. Uh and continuing our playthrough with that. Uh and with me I have as always Matt. Hello. And John. Well, hello there. So, yeah, um, I went back and listened to where we left off, and we were actually talking about um, the Victus was talking about how we need to get the Salarians and the uh, Krogan together um, to help out with this, you know, war. And uh, oil and what's it? It's an oil and water. Yeah, they they really hate each other. Um, like I said, the Salarians were the ones who developed the Genophage, which killed out a ton of the Krogan. Um, a little bit of backstory there. They originally used the Krogan to help fight off the Arachni, um, in like a hundred year war or something like that, I think they said. And then, um, they decided, well, the Krogan are a little bit too strong, so we need to kind of toned them down a bit so they created the genophage uh, along with the Turians and uh, pretty much made it almost impossible for them to reproduce it killed a bunch of them and then it also made like well over half the females fertile or infertile so they can't have children um, I don't know how long a Krogan lives but I'm guessing, did Rex fight in the whole Arachni War? I'm sure he made references to it. Yeah, so he may have been, you know, one of the guys that's been around that long. It's weird because, you know, you never know how long these people have been around, so they may still remember the genophage, and I remember what the shit did to my people, rather than, oh, I heard my grandfather talk about it, kind of thing. So it has probably a deeper impact that way. Mm. I do really like how big of a part of Mass Effect 2 this was and how it, it you know, it continues into Mass Effect 3. It really makes it feel like a bit tighter of a trilogy than I think most trilogies would be. Right. Right. This is a, this is a pretty integral conflict uh, in both stories. And I, I think it's fairly well handled in both games. Yeah. It's, it's gang. We talked about it when we talked about Mass Effect Two, but it's it's all about that universe building, the the lore that goes into it, and it's not just the 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 little stuff that you find when scanning the planet, but it's also these these threaded stories throughout these, like as I say, it's uh, the the history relationship itself. between the Salarians and the the Turians and the Krogans because of this one thing. Uh, and how that defines them as a race is all weaved into the the whole trilogy, which yeah. uh, you know it's it's masterfully done. So um, we have our big meeting, 
Um, we bring the diplomat from the Solarians and the diplomat from the Krogans, which we all know who the diplomat for the Krogans is, which is Rex. He's now the chief of, I guess, the leading faction? Uh, yeah, they're the... Yeah. I think he's, like, their... Essentially, their... Pro, what would be their, you know, president. Right. Yeah, they're chief. So, um... Rex is automatically hostile. He's just like, fuck this, man. I remember what the Genophase did. I don't want to deal with these Solarian guys. And these Turian motherfuckers helped out, too. And so we're like, okay, well, what can we do to possibly help mend things so we can get your support? And he was like, well, there is a female Krogan on the Solarian. They've been working on possibly making the females fertile again. And we want females. Real simple. So... We then go to the Solarian, uh, I guess it's their home planet, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I think it is, yeah. Okay. And um, the Solarian diplomat's like, I don't want to have anything to do with this. This is, this is a little crap. You guys are strong-arming me, um, at least on my end, because I'm a renegade. So we go to... <laughs> so we go to, the, to their home planet to get the females, but... While we're there, unfortunately, Cerberus shows up and starts attacking. Um, when we get there, we find out there's only one female left, but we run into a familiar face. Morden is there. He's been helping with this. He's also been trying to come up with a cure for the genophage. So if you remember in Mass Effect 2, uh, Morden's kind of right-hand man, his apprentice, uh, was trying to cure the genophage as well. We stopped him. Uh, I let Morden shoot the living shit out of him. <laughs> oh, meanie. And at the end, I destroyed all the data that had to do with curing the genophage. Okay. But that, I kept mine. But that doesn't really matter because Morden worked <laughs> on it anyway. Of course it doesn't. So, I mean, you, you know, you eventually get funneled into, you know... Smoke and mirrors, my friends. Smoke yeah. and mirrors. <laughs> so we go, um, we, we team up with Morden. Morden is trying to escort this one single female Krogan um, because she is the last one uh, while Cerberus is trying to basically take her, I guess, or trying to kill her. I don't know. We, don't, we still don't know what Cerberus' I, game is. No, but I think the thing is they don't want a cure for the genophage. Yeah. So that's, I guess, their whole idea on that one is that you kill the female Krogan, you stop that cure. Yeah. So, um, but we make it out. Um, we take her aboard the ship and that's when he's like, okay, we'll join you if you cure, cure the genophage. To which the Solarian is like, fuck this. <laughs> he's saying, we did this for a reason. We let the Krogans take over again, then it's, we're screwed. Cause you yeah, can't back in all war. Yeah, you can't you can't stop these guys once they get started. Um, to which my character, my my renegade shepherd, is like, you know what? You're an asshole. So we're going to cure the genophage, even though in the last game we were all about no fuck them. We don't need to cure it. <laughs> I guess desperate times call for desperate measures. 
But, uh, so that's one of the big missions that we get is curing the Genovese. Now, there's other small things that pop up, like the one where we go to the academy. We hear Cerberus is attacking an academy. Uh, when we get there, it's a biotic academy who, um, uh, they are, um, training biotics, uh, with the help of none other than Jack from the second game. Um, I like her attitude in three. This has got a better, lot better attitude. She's funny. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's, she's not just about herself anymore. Mm. Yeah. It's like she's coming up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, she's now a teacher at this academy. Uh, she still teaches by her own rules. Um, uh, basically she acts like a military teacher kind of thing. And she's, you know, directing these, these young adults, um, who I guess Cerberus is trying to kill them. I think they're trying to just ta- get, get them. They're try- not trying to kill them. They're trying to kidnap them essentially for their own uses. Right. Cause they keep, cause I remember there's a lot of conversations. Oh, come with us. You know, you know, the Alliance is lying to you. We'll, we'll make sure you're okay. You know, we'll, We'll train you correctly. I'm, I'm, yeah. I think they, they basically will want to want them for for their own nefarious deeds. Yeah, yeah. You a little bit in the in the conversations because it's not. It, it, basically, the students have to question whether they want to go with the alliance or not. Yeah, because they're like, it, we, it, we guarantee your safety as long as you just give up and come with us. Yeah. Um. So. Did you guys see the the brother from Project Overlord there? I didn't you play s- Project Overlord. I no, I did not. He was like a janitor at Grissom Academy or something. Really? I don't know what he was in there. Yeah, and he, I he stopped and talked to him, and he said, you know, thank you for saving me, and blah blah blah. But he was just there in a, in a random hallway, like most of the way, maybe two thirds of the way through that Grissom <laughs> Academy level. Oh, well, I wouldn't have seen him anyway because he's still hooked up to the machines and his brother's doing experiments on him because I'm a mean <laughs> asshole. Well, I guess he's not... He has, he's not setting the world alight at the moment, but... I don't know, he might have been a teacher or something, but I don't think so. Well, but... uh, <laughs> So, it's been a long time since I played this game. And... For the life of me, I'm thinking I fought Jack in my first playthrough and killed her. In Grissom Academy? I think. I'm pretty sure I didn't even see her in Grissom Academy on my playthrough first time around. I, for some reason, I, 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 for, I get this feeling that Jack was like a bad guy or she gets turned or something like that. I can't remember. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe, or maybe that happens later on in the game. I can't remember. But yeah, we, we saved them and then they decide to join the Alliance. Um, so we have, so that, that's one of the things we didn't talk about in the first recording. What we're trying to do is get our war readiness high. And we do this by gathering assets, which is, uh, warriors or uh, different types of weapons. There's multiple ways you can get the readiness to go up. There's a big bar whenever you look at it and it shows you 
what the minimum is and where we need to be kind of thing. And um, each time you complete a mission, you usually get some type of war asset that helps out. Now, if I remember correctly, in order to get some of the best war readiness, you kind of had to play some of the multiplayer. I'm yeah, sure John- that's... That was it. You were talking about last week? Wait, say it again. No. We, we were just talking last week in one of the one of the dead zones. Um, that, that there was a little bit of curiosity as to whether you could still play the multiplayer in order to advance that, or whether you needed to, or whether the game compensated for maybe the fact that there's not that online presence anymore. Yeah, I did. I forgot to actually have a look. Um, um, I haven't been uh, able to get uh, online, so. Oh, uh, okay. So let's have a little. Let's have a little look. Galactic Red. Let's have a look. Uh, okay, so it says here that uh, having over five thousand points gives you the the correct ending. Um, let's have a look. Uh, um, oh, okay, so Galactic Regents is basically a bonus for getting war, asset, war assets faster. Uh, 100% gives you double the assets when you get them in single player. It is possible to achieve the best ending without ever changing your readiness. Um, so... Oh yeah, if it's a fifty percent and you've obtained a thousand more asset war assets, uh, then for the final battle, um, battle, oh, so it, it basically doubles the war your war assets worth. So if you've got a five hundred war assets in your single player, but you, you've got a boost in multiplayer, that then makes them a thousand war assets. Hmm. So I don't. They're saying on here that you don't. Um, Anything over sort of four or five thousand war assets is fine, and you don't really need to worry about the multiplayer. It just it just helps you get them faster. Gotcha. I don't know how many war assets I have at the moment. Well, look, mine's green, as in I think I could potentially go and finish the the game if I wanted to, even though I'm at a point where there's nothing left to do until I do a cutscene. But um, yeah, I, I keep checking the bar going up as I sort of complete missions. Because um, essentially, when you uh, you go into the comms room, which is normally after a mission, you talk to Hackett, and then you go into the war readiness room and you press a button, and it'll say to you, "This is your, this is how many assets you've got." It's like this long bar across the bottom of the screen, and you see it fill up. And when it hits a certain point, it goes green, and that probably means that you could potentially not have to do any side quests just follow the main story but i guess the more you've got the more side quests you do uh, it's going to increase that up to the point where you're going to get the better ending maybe i'm missing something but i haven't even reached minimum yet i have done all of the side quests but the thing is, is what, what, chuck, side, tongue, chuck. what side quest are we talking about here because i i well, have i've done the ones where it feels like the multiplayer where you just basically do like a horde mode for a little while I've done like two of those. Well, I've done all of the missions that you can potentially do up until the point where 
you've only got the three left on Tunchaka to do. I've done that. Because the, the story funnels you in. But I've also done a lot of scanning. Because with scanning, that's how you collect war assets. And so, for example, you'll go on a citadel, you'll overhear somebody say on the phone, oh, we could really do with this super medical thing. And then it's a mission and you go and scan and you can find them. And they they are war assets. But you... I ha- I, I hate the way that the scanning works now. You don't scan planets, but you scan solar systems um, <clears throat> for these war assets or for fuel, uh, various bits. But every time you hit the scan button, it alerts the Reapers. And when the Reaper alert thing is all the way up to the top, they come chasing you. You have to go out the system. You can't go back in there to continue your search until you've done another mission. So after every mission, I'm now going to have to I now go back to all of the uh, solar system or um, all of the clusters I don't have a hundred percent collection in, trying to search for them. It's a pain in the ass. Hmm. But that's I mean that's what I've done. I've, with the exception of two systems, I have got all of the uh, I've scanned however many systems are on unlocked because as you progress, more systems are unlocked. Um, and the only mission I haven't done yet, I've, I've got the Leviathan mission that I've started, but I haven't followed through on that one yet because that's just DLC, obviously. But I would imagine if I do that, I'll also get a war asset as well. So I will do it at some point. But um, yeah, mine's gone green. It's gone way over the it, right over the lot, minimum line already. Hmm. Um, but again, I have done a mission. I've done an important mission that you haven't. So True. that might have pushed it. That might have pushed it quite far because you bear in mind that the final Tunchucker mission is like you will potentially get the Krogans and the Turians as your war assets. Yeah, that is going to push them up quite a bit. So, um, but yeah, um, we get that they want to secure the Genophage. We get Jack, or at least I got Jack um, as a war asset, and along with the yeah. biotics. Um. There is one other mission that I forgot to that we forgot to even think about, um, and that's the one where we go to the Arachni. They're fighting, yeah. Yeah, I knew that mission was somewhere. I could not remember if that was in two or three. Yeah. <laughs> so you destroyed the Arachni. The yeah. Arachni. Yeah. Uh, but they're still in. They're still here. Yes. Okay. How do they write that one out? Well, what ends up happening is so we go to this planet. Let's just talk about it. The planet. Um, is under attack by Arachni. We, well, they don't fully believe that, but we, you know, we don't know what the hell it is. When we get there, we run into Grunt, and Grunt is there with his platoon, and then we go down underground to figure out what the hell's going on. And sure enough, it's Arachni running around. Um. Uh. When I finally get to the big bad boss, the the whoever it is, I'm I'm guessing it's the Arachni Queen for you guys. Yes. It, it does it look like the Arachni Queen or is it like weird? Yep. No. Look, well, it looks like she's in tra- she's trapped uh, in something that uh, the re- the Reapers have placed her in. Okay. So she's kind of trapped in this like metal contraption. Wow! I did not get any of that. That's crazy. So what I get is this gigantic arachni monstrosity, and we ask 
what are you? And it says, I am neither Arachni or living. It's basically the Reapers have turned, have basically collected multiple body parts of the Arachni, fused them together, and created this thing. Oh, wow. Okay. That's very different. And yeah, I'm curious what it looks like. I want to see a picture of that. It looks, <laughs> it's giant. This thing looks like it's probably at least. It's as big as a building, and um, it's so. Is it a bit like the what the collectors were trying to make some kind of mesh up of exactly guts and stuff? Yeah, it is. It is a arachni version of the big skeleton human thing that they created, but it, this is arachni looking. Nice, and, and um, it's saying that it's in constant pain, but it wants revenge on the reapers for doing this to them. Um, so me being the renegade that I am, I had Liara with me. Laura's like, we need to end this. We need to kill this thing because it's in pain. I said, nope, you're helping me. So <laughs> we released it. Um, and it runs off somewhere. I don't know where it goes. Uh, and then Grunt's p- platoon, because I chose that, his entire platoon is wiped out. <laughs> whoa, whoa. And then we get a cut scene of Grunt joining us, and he's like, I'll hold them off while you escape. And then we see him go down in a blaze of glory. Uh, and die? Well, here's the kicker. And I have a feeling this has to do with if you had his loyalty in the first game or not, or in the second game. Because you get the scene where it looks like he killed, he gets killed. Because he's getting surrounded yeah. by Arachni, he falls what looks like to his death. Yeah, we get that too. Okay, and yeah. at, at the very end, he comes walking back as we're about to escape, and I help him onto the ship. Oh, uh, that happens in the if you if you ha- um, go the good route as well. Okay, so I still got Grunt, but his entire team is wiped out. To be fair, though, in the cutscene, his team aren't there. Even for me, it was just him. I think his his team yeah. is pretty much wiped out anyway. So I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that yeah, that's it. Because they said because I chose to save the queen. Um, Grunt got a bit pissy because he said we are we're we're bleeding. You know, we everyone's dying. We'll hold them off as long as you can to, to free her because you have to free her from this contraption. And I'm pretty sure Grunt is the only one survived anyway. Okay. Did you guys both free the Arachni Queen? Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that conversation you have where where Shepard's basically like, I thought I thought this wasn't going to happen. I thought you weren't going to be a problem anymore. And she's basically almost apologetic to you. So I think she... Was she indoctrinated? Um, no, I don't think so. I think she... From the conversation that you have with her, it's like she's been forced there to breed, and they, as the Rakanaya are, are, are being born, they're that they're, they're being transformed by the oh, Reapers right. into these clones. So she's basically for she's constantly giving birth to these eggs that will hatch her babies, but those babies are then being mutated pretty much straight away. So she's constantly, you know, she's for her it's psychological agony because she's forced to do this, watching her children then become weapons. Yeah. So, um, and because she's trapped in this, this 
because you know machine that the, the the reapers have constructed to hold her so um yeah she you know she for her she was like she just wanted to be free and yeah, how she could didn't you kill her in that scenario sorry i said how how could you kill her in that scenario clearly not her fault no no and uh, you know who doesn't and that's why i uh, you know i chose the the good option and it was to try and free her hence the reason why i think why grunts Splatoon still gets wiped out because they're we haven't said it's going to take longer than just killing it apparently. So we did that. Uh, I don't know where my arat. So do you did you guys get the Aratni Queen as a asset? Yes, <laughs> and it's hilarious when you have some you see some of the conversations about it. You can talk to Hacker about it further on in the game, and it's like. So how's the the, the Rachni Queen getting on? She's awesome, but she's scaring this shit out of everybody. Yes, brilliant. <laughs> that my I don't know where my guy went. My abomination went. He he did not escape with me. He he kinda like went down into a tunnel. So I don't know if he's gonna show up later or what. <laughs> uh, probably not. I mean we only get I, I well I've only so far had uh like little tidbits of conversations in about her um i don't i don't know if she'll ever appear again mentioned is it like any meaningful a a lot of this stuff is is like you do the mission you you get that beat of the story and then you get a few little flavored texts afterwards or little bits but you don't really ever see any characters reappear like i don't think i'll see jack reappear it's just so you know it's it's just skip going to the next bit and getting the war asset and, and moving on to the next, I think. Right. Although, I'll tell you what, if the Reapers don't kill us all, I'm going to personally shoot those two fuckers that you have to listen to every time the game loads and you're going from the comms room <laughs> to the CIC because you get that scanning thing because the game's tricking you because it's loading <laughs> and you have to listen to them bitch and moan every bloody time. Yeah, they're always complaining. Yeah. Stupid. Uh, and I see, you know, I see why the game, you know, game has to secretly load. That's how it works. Um, but my God, I'd rather not hear anything except those. Well, the inane drivel that though comes out of those two's mouths. Oh well. But yeah. Um, God, what else? Um, that's when we get the the three missions on Tachanka. The first one is obviously curing the genophage, which we can do. Um, using um, basically what spread the genophage to begin with. Yeah, the probe. What do they call it? The, the spire or something? Is yeah. Spire? I can't remember. The big old tall building. But um, there's another thing that uh, Victus wants us to do. He he wants us to uh, help out a, uh, a Turian team that is on uh, Tachanka. They're trying to. Um, it, it's very secretive. He's being very secretive about what's going on. So we agree. We go there, and uh, come to find out, uh, the Turian team that's on there is being led by none other than Victus's son, Victus Junior. I don't know. It, I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, young Victus. Young Victus. He's a lieutenant. He's lieutenant Victus. So we didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, when we get there, um, everybody, they, they, they're they almost wiped out. He's lost a lot of men. 
Um, and uh, they're there to do a mission. And that mission is... So there's this gigantic bomb on the planet that uh, the Turians had placed there a long time ago as kind of like a fail-safe just in case the Krogans get out of line. It's such a classy race. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, we need to get there and disarm it before the Cerberus gets a hold of it because Cerberus found out about this and now they're trying to get a hold of it. And um, so we... I, being the asshole that I am, was like, you need to get your fucking team together because they're losing their fucking shit. And they're all over there yep. saying, we're not going to do this shit. And I'm just like, you know, quit being a bunch of uh, assholes and, <laughs> and let's finish this fucking mission. So um, after that mission, we then do the bomb mission, which is us trying to get to the bomb before Cerberus do and then deactivate it as fast as possible. Um. There's a bunch of fighting, um, and the Reapers then show up. Or is it the Reapers? Yeah, it's the Reapers, because there's a bunch of those flying things. What are those flying things, the giant ones? I can't remember what they're called. They're not the Harvesters, are they? They may be the Harvesters. Um, and so we were kind of in a rush to get this done. Unfortunately, Cerberus gets to it before we do and activates the fucking bomb. Uh, and Victus Jr., while we're trying to hold everybody off, decides to climb the bomb, which is really high up in the air, and f manually, physically deactivate it before it can go off. Uh, and in doing so... He destroys the bomb, but then falls to his death and dies. Heroic. Yeah. And when we get back to the ship, we talk to Senior Victus, and we're like, way to go on telling us none of this shit. I'm, I was pissed. And I think uh, <laughs> Rex was there get, uh, giving him grief, too. To which I was just like, okay, his son just fucking died, so we'll let's just back off. And um, he's he's thankful for what we did. You know, his son will go down as a war hero kind of thing, rather than a coward. And he thanks us for it. And then the next thing I can do is is cure the genophage. That's that's the only thing I can actually do as far as the story mission goes. Mm -hmm. Now I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do that mission, but we will eventually get to it, I guess. Unless you guys want to just go ahead and talk about it. I don't know. It, it's it's worth it's worth having some time for. So it, it might be better if you have played it because it it is a huge mission. I mean, not it's maybe a, not yeah. length, yeah. but importance. So yeah. there is one other thing I do want to bring up. And that's those little small side missions. I don't know if you guys have done them, but it's like the horde mode stuff. Yep. Which is basically mm -hmm. what you do in the multiplayer. Um, did you guys do a few of those? Yeah. Yeah, it's just basically go here, land here. Uh, we've got to collect some data, wait while the data loads up. And in the meantime, you get waves of enemies. And, yeah, nothing uh, too hard. I had forgot those missions were even in the game. 
I was like, oh, I think this it's is... just a, it's it's practice, isn't it, for you to this yeah. is like right, this yeah. is what you're going to do in multiplayer. Not that the multiplayer was bad. I I thought it was actually solid. Um, you know, that's the sort of game I like now. And I'm not great at competitive multiplayers. I'm too slow now. I'm getting old. But the ones where you you with a group of friends, four or five in the, a team, and and you wave based stuff. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I thought it was solid. I thought it was solid. I mean, it was the start of the whole microtransaction thing. So you had your, you, you know, you earned points would unlock chests, but you could buy the chests if you want to. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that's probably. Is there multiplayer in Andromeda? I don't know. They it's got to be in there. They haven't mentioned it. I'm guessing so. I know that that, that exact same multiplayer model was in Dragon Age Inquisition as well. I've got a feeling that if they go that route, this is what it will be. It'll be wave based. And you know, microtransaction heavy. Um, let's see how well they they do that, shall we? Because you know, if you look at something like For Honor that's been going through the ring or about the microtransaction stuff since it launched, I know, it's. I think they're going to have to start changing things up um, to get people on board because people are getting very very tired of it when you're paying sixty dollars for a, a full price game, and part of that full price experience is the multiplayer. And, you know, for Honor was very much a case of pay to win because the stuff you unlocked had effects. Right. Um, I think I think if uh, it's smart, it'll be more cosmetic and it won't make a huge amount of difference because, you know, you go to the Overwatch route, no, you know, purely cosmetic, it's all it is. And they make a, uh, a shit ton of money with that. So hopefully it will be, but it is getting a little bit disgusting. And sticky now, don't you think? Yeah, agreed. Well, so we'll see. Um, Matt, since you're playing on the PS3, if you ever want to try to do some of this multiplayer, let me know. I think you can do it with just two people. I'm not certain though. Yeah, no, you can. Okay. You can do it. I think it's four people. Okay. And you can select the difficulty as well, can't you? So you can, it's like different like bronze and silver and different tiers and the higher the tier, the more difficult it is. So you could probably just sell it to the easiest ones just to experience it and, and see if it affects your readiness. Yeah. See if it works. I, I, yeah, see if, I think the servers still up. It must yeah. be if they just put on um, backwards compatibility and on EA, um, EA access on the Xbox, at least you'd think that they'd, they'd still be up. Yeah, I'd love to give it a try. I I remember really enjoying it, and it was one of the one of the modes. Even the whole online player, I I played it for a few hours. I always wanted to play it more, and I just I never did. Yeah, well, you can definitely give it a shot if you want. Mass Effect Three, I kind of like Mass Effect Two. I loved, and I thought about, and I read the books, and then I played Mass Effect Three, and when it ended, I just like completely forgot about Mass Effect for a year or two. Well, I mean, it didn't stick around. The ending was such a a negative, has a, such a negative stigma that a lot of people just like were done with that, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's part of it. I think the other part was just that you know I was finally done. This was a big trilogy, you know, it had its highs and it had its lows, but it was done, and I just like moved on to something else completely mentally. Yeah. So let's get into the emails. I've got a, I got a collection of them because we couldn't do them. <laughs> we did one last week, but uh, we can do the rest of them here now. 
Let's see here. The first one, we'll just do Jamie's email. She sent this one last week. Uh, says, uh, hi guys. I didn't want to, I didn't do the arrival DLC because I didn't know about it until listening to you guys talk about it as I'm typing. So I didn't have time. Maybe I'll do it later into Mass Effect 3. The earth is getting destroyed. There's a little boy who gets killed. Shepard has to leave, uh, to unite the galaxy. Let me, but let me be honest. The real roller coaster for me in this is the love triangle set up by Romance and Caden in Game 1 and Garrus in Game 2. Oh, boy. Oh, death. So imagine your games started, started off a bit differently than mine, since I am only one, since I, I am the only one with Caden. Uh, he went with me to Mars and was bugging me pretty much the entire time because he didn't trust me since I was with Cerberus. The dialogue options were frustrating through this because they just give you the two choices usually. I'm trying to be nice, but not lead him on, which isn't going so well. Uh, they, <laughs> they give me options like, you know me, Caden, or get lost. Well, geez, I'm not a bitch, so I'll choose the nice option. But when then Shepard gets super flirty. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, cool it, lady. <laughs> we settled on Garrus this playthrough. Uh, it was really hard to shoot him down, though. And even some of the mean dialogue options make my shepherd seem like she's still into him. Thankfully, he gets hurt by a robot lady, and the game sent me straight to Garrus. <laughs> Woo! It was really, really hard to tell him later on in the hospital that I'm with Garrus. He was very brokenhearted. Oh my god, this game and its relationships. <laughs> I have to save every time I talk to either of them just in case I accidentally break it off or start up a relationship. <laughs> the thing, same thing happened to me in the last game when I chose the wrong dialogue and Garrus, with Garrus and I didn't realize I wanted him. And Garrus didn't realize I wanted him. Men. <laughs> okay, so moving on. I'm really going through this game quickly. I've already saved Jack and her students, acquired Javik. I think he is DLC. Yeah, I haven't been able to get him because I haven't had internet. Oh, of course not. No, no. I've saved the Primarch, saved the Krogan female, and now I'm trying to cure the Genophage. I keep thinking that I'm making some progress, but my galaxy map says otherwise. I'm still at 50% readiness across the board. Uh, yeah, that's the multiplayer side of things, so you will be. Yeah. Um, the Galactic, it's, it's, it's a bit underneath you on the war assets. That's what you need to pay attention to. Um, I did, I, you put out a tweet earlier this week, and it does seem really weird that all I've got is like five team members. Yeah. Like, where are the others? Who are the others? Is that it? I can't, I honestly can't remember yeah, how I, many I there were. Because you're, you're right, I'm halfway through the game and I've only got four options for squad mates. That's because I don't think you get as many squad mates in this game. Maybe that is the case. Because if you look at the character select screen, it's really zoomed in. Yeah. And in Mass Effect 2, it was really zoomed out. I have a feeling you only get like five squad mates to choose from in this game. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Because yeah. at least one of them I don't care about, probably two of them. <laughs> Oh, I think. Well, let's let's count them. We got Liara, we got Garrus, we got Edie, we have James. James, that's all I have. Um, I I've know got Javik. 
Yeah, you can get Javik. Yeah. Uh, you can eventually get um, Tali. Oh yeah, she. But that's like right towards the end, though. She turns up kind of late on. And then, sure. I think, and then you get Ashley when she comes back. So that's seven characters. I guess Ashley will, because I, I, I. I'm pretty sure that the next story beat is going to be the Udina stuff. So I've got a feeling that might be when we'll pick up her. Yeah. So it says, um, there have been some really thought provoking parts in this story so far. I have a really hard time with the genophage on one hand, it's genocide and it's unforgivable. On the other hand, overpopulation is also a bad thing. I think Rex said that they wanted an additional 10 planets. Yikes. My shepherd is Paragon. And so she's curing it. But I can't deny that put in the same situation, I probably wouldn't do it. Would I cause genocide? Holy fuck, Bioware. Heavy much? I'm a terrible person. <laughs> Am I a terrible person? It says, uh, the story itself is great, and it's really heartening to see a story about bringing everyone together despite their differences and their past. It's shocking how relevant it is and will remain so far. It will remain and, and will remain so for some time, I think. Uh, it's a good get. It's a fun game to play with realistic problems and characters. That is why this game is so amazing. Possibly a terrible person, Jamie. <laughs> and uh, her newest email <clears throat> says, "Hi guys. So I'm chipping away at things despite crash after crash. At one point, I had to re-download all the DLC, and I've had to restart at least five or six times. Wow." What's she playing on then? I'm guessing PS3. Weren't you guys getting on better with this and the Mass Effect on PS3? I haven't had a lot of problems. I mean, I've had some stuttering, but even that's not as bad as Mass Effect 2 was. Yeah, Mass Effect 2 was just poorly implemented. Um... Let's see here, it says, uh, I've had to restart at least five or six times. There are tons of places where characters, weapons, or general pop props disappear. It's a little frustrating, but I'll live. I've managed to navigate the love triangle so that I could lock in Garrus and let down Caden, although he is now on my ship, and I feel like he's a bit of a third wheel. <laughs> I can't, I can't take... <laughs> what, go ahead. Relax. Put him out the airlock. Yeah. I can't take him on missions with Garrus because it's just too awkward. Shepard <laughs> Shepherd even called him her brother when they were having their heart-to-heart. It's painful to watch at times. Apparently, I had also partially let on Liara, so I had to let her down, too. Everybody wants a piece of Shepard. Well, I've, I've been loyal to Liara. I romanced her in the first game, didn't romance anybody in the second game, I'm trying it on in the third game. That's that's what I did my first playthrough. And the bad thing is, is that since I was a paragon, I was just nice to everybody. So whenever Caden, because I had Caden in my party, uh, <laughs> Caden swings both ways. And so, Good old Caden. And so he was just like, so, want to be, uh, want to be uh, let lovers with me? And I was like, I'm sorry, Caden, but I'm with Liara. And he like legit got sad. And I felt oh, really, I felt like, him. I felt really bad. I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm not gay. Also, I'm with Liara. And he's like, all right, fine. You be that way. <laughs> and then, you know, I was just like, okay, this is awkward. 
And I'm like, you know, just just stay on the ship. I'm going to go kill something. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't used James. James is a dick. I can't stand James. Fuck him. But uh, <laughs> with regards to the past characters that I've come across, I've seen Jack, Jacob, Thane, and Tali, but I haven't seen Kasumi. I think I missed my chance. Even though Miranda died in my game, her sister had started emailing me about being contacted by her father, so we'll see how where that goes. I have ran well, into... I, I've done, yeah, go ahead. I've done Kasumi's mission in Mass Effect 3. Oh, I have not. I, I, I obviously ran into Jack. I ran into Thane, and that's it. Yes. yeah. I've had, I haven't run into Jacob yet, but I've run into Thane... He's still at the hospital. I've done Kasumi's side mission. Or it's not her side mission. She helps me with a mission. Um, there's a guy on the Citadel near the embassies who asks for your help, and that involves Kasumi. Um, uh, who else have I run into? Uh, Miranda. Mm. Um, and Jack, obviously. Uh, and Grunt. Because, and because of that, we've done the Ragnar missions, but a lot of those, I mean, is a lot of those kind of bump into things, uh, you know, old people are, old allies are sort of, it's front loaded. A lot of stuff's at the beginning. Um, but I still, again, I think Jacob turns up in the hospital at some point, um, for a chat. And that's about it. Yeah. I'm waiting on that one because me and him. I don't think Samara ever shows up. It wouldn't be Samara in my game. It would be um. Oh, it'd be Morris, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Mm. Yeah. So he says, "I'm going to miss this game when it's done." Thankfully, I can go right on to uh, Andromeda. Although I'm having some reservations, can Mass Effect? Can another Mass Effect be as good as these? I just don't know. What will Mass Effect be without Shepard? Do I want me without Shepard? Well, uh, there's been some interesting stuff this week. Uh, there's been a little bit of information that EA's put out. So they've shown some more of the combat, character selection. Your, 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 although you don't have classes, you have your, you can group your powers like in a pseudo-class that you'd be used to and switch them on the fly. But they've also said that the game men- does mention Shepard at the beginning. It, it can't import a save, but it does ask you if your Shepard was male or female. And um, apparently the story will play out differently whether you pick the brother or the sister, the rider brother or sister. Kind of like how Dragon Age 2 did. Yeah, Hmm. um, I can't remember the names. Sarah and Sean or Scott or something. They both go in there. Anyway, apparently they want to encourage multiple playthroughs. But how? I mean, again, we're going to be in this position where, well, which considering we're not, Paragon Renegade is literally a, a choice of male or female. Which one's canon? Yeah. Or will that not matter when it comes to two and th- or sorry, not two and three, but Andromeda two and three? Will that mean that they'll just import your save and there'll be two story threads going along the whole trilogy? Because that'll be quite cool. Because in another five years, we could be doing Phoenix down, and I could go and play through the other one. Yeah, that's true. I just so I, I don't know. It, it it seems interesting and the. I'm. I was worried that I was going to get burnt out on Mass Effect, having played all three in such a short space of time. But the more little nuggets of information they see about Mass Effect and Andromeda, it's like, well, this yes, it's a Mass Effect universe, but it's a whole new story. The combat's been shaken up a huge amount. Um, I'm digging it. I'm 
Dig in what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. And also the hands-on seems to be fairly positive. Yeah. Most of the impressions seem to be, at least it's not going to be a disaster, and that's really all I needed. Yeah, and I'm, I'm still confident that Bioware has it. You know, I know some people are a little, we're a little bit down on on um, Inquisition and uh, saying it wasn't up to the, the standards that they hoped, but they've spent a lot of time on Mass Effect, a huge amount of time. Hey, man, they spent a lot of time on on Inquisition too. Did they really though? Oh, I mean, God, it doesn't yeah. seem like that big a gap between Dragon Age Two and Inquisition. Oh, there was a big gap. There was a whole really. There was yeah. There was a whole generation. Inquisition. Yeah, but then, yeah, we're talking about Inquisition's two years old at this point. Yeah, but I mean, Dragon Age Two came out in like 2011. Mm, okay. It came. It came out before well, Mass Effect Three did. Oh, uh, okay. Fair enough. But yeah, sure. I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to handle that too. Like, depending on if you choose which which character you choose. Because um, we know the conversations are different. We know that the they're not doing the the Paragon Renegade is going to be more a dynamic thing. So you're not just clicking the top corner or the bottom corner or anything. You can actually have to read them and, and choose your answers. You know, it's more of a personable thing. But kind of like how Dragon Age yeah. Origins was, which I'm fine with because I mean, like I, I just like I, I find it interesting how they're going to handle it because you know depending on who you choose to play as, much like in Dragon Age Two where you had different people like um at the beginning of the game you know either your brother or your sister survived the the big battle at the beginning of the game depending on the class you chose so if you chose a mage then you had your brother with you if you chose something other than a mage you had your sister with you throughout the entire game. and they both they both act completely different so um but yeah the rest of her email says uh the DLC in this game where you get the apartment and then Shepard is attacked. Having dinner with Joker is a great example of what I mean. Shepard takes a beating, only has a handgun, and is expected to get through several areas of the Citadel completely on her own, outgunned and outnumbered, but she's Shepard, so of course she does it. Sure, her friends come and help her later, but even other characters are shot by her resilience. Shepard is Mass Effect. I'm interested through, though really nervous, to see if the story in Andromeda can deliver that same type of character who stands out among the rest. Or if not, uh, will it even work? Uh, more alien sex, though, that'll be fun. <laughs> well, you know. My, well, you've my, always got the Mass Effect cards against humanity if you... If you, you, know, you know, I think... I, I don't know, because I obviously haven't played Andromeda. But... I get the feeling that the original Mass Effect trilogy is a lot like Dragon Age Origins and Mass Effect Andromeda is going to be a lot like Dragon Age 2 where Matt knows what I'm talking about when I say Dragon Age Origins was kind of like this big blockbuster movie and Dragon Age 2 was kind of like the, you know, five season television show based on the blockbuster movie. I have yeah. a feeling it's going to be like that. And a lot of people hmm. can't stand Dragon Age 2. Um, I, I, was a, I was a fan of it. I like Dragon Age 2 a lot. So, well, I think the, the, the problem was it was different. It wasn't more Dragon Age Origins, which pissed people off. Not that it wasn't a bad game. Yeah. Sure, it was very competent. But you know, I mean, they've got to do something. You can't just play Mass Effect 4. You can't. 
yes, that's been done. They've done that trilogy, and all being said, it's a great trilogy. I think it stands up incredibly well. It's high point, high high points and low points like everything else. But that universe is rich, but it they need it need to, to move on, and uh, we'll see how well it does. I mean, I think the story beats are taken away with it. You know, the you know it's six hundred years or whatever after the effects. Um, of Mass Effect 3, that hasn't played into anything that's going to be. So they've got a clean slate here. They don't have to worry about um, tying up anything from the previous games. It's a good way of doing it. And, yeah, she's right, though. I mean, Shepard was a great character, well-written. Whether you went Renegade or Paragon, it was still incredibly, you know, well-written. And I think, um, yeah, there is that fear that that Scott and Sierra Ride or whatever their names are, they're not going to have the same effect. Um, it's, you know, they're not going to be as likable because Shepard is likable. And, you know, the cast around him is likable with the exception of, I mean, I didn't like Ashley Caden or, or um, uh, Jacob or James, but they, a majority, you know, 90% of the characters are entertaining, well-written, well-acted, and I think if they get that stuff right, I think it'll carry the game forward. Because everything else seems cool. You know, the combat seems like it's time. Um, some really cool stuff, you know, flamethrowers from your hands. That's really cool. It's amazing. Yes. Um, but that, again, that's all a shell if the insides aren't right. And for that, they need uh, a deep lore like they did. We're going to experience new aliens. You're going to have all of that to deal with. They just need the characters to be right, the story to be right. But... Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't think that the Ryder twins are going to be as powerful a character as Shepard. Um, but I don't, I don't think means they're going to be necessarily bad. We'll see. Yeah. Well, we got one more email. This one comes from Chad. Um, this came last week, but obviously things happen. But uh, it says here, um, "Hello, crew. Spoiler free." So first of all, I regrettably admit that I was part of the fanboy mob that went on the attack over Mass Effect 3's ending back in the day. Well, you're part of the problem, sir. I say regrettably because in (laughs) retrospect, the mob mentality was pretty ridiculous over a game going as far as making uh, voting uh, EA the worst company in the world. (laughs) I personally didn't go that far, but it happened nonetheless. Seems like an overreaction. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's only got better since then. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay uh, to be disappointed in something, but it's not okay to tell an artist or artists how they should have expressed themselves. It's like telling Michelangelo, hey, I really like that statue of David you did, but we could have done without the cock and balls. Or tell Da Vinci, your Mona Lisa (laughs) looks like a fugly bitch because she ain't showing no teeth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I, that's what I said all along it's that thing it's like yeah I, I mean I might not thought it was the greatest ending in the world but I thought EA were incredibly weak to, to bow down to pressure it's, it was their vision yeah. and right there you know whether people liked it or not at least it was decisive, um, divisive you know people were arguing over it good that's a good thing don't change it don't pander because I mean to be fair it didn't have the effect I thought it would have going uh you know, following through on that, I thought them by them being weak, we were going to see this outrage every time somebody didn't like something, 
And you do see it a bit with the, um, what do you guys call it? The um, culture that you have on internet, the entitlement culture. Um, and you still do see that, but I thought it would have been a lot worse. And I think that was a real dumb move of EA, but what's done is done. Yeah. It says, uh, this game, including the ending, reflects a culmination of many artistic expressions, regardless of how any of us felt about the ending. Uh, with that being said, I would like to pitch a concept to keep in mind while playing through the third installment. I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with the indoctrination theory that uh, became popular following the release of Mass Effect 3. It was pretty well-written theory that, has, that pitched the idea that Commander Shepard may have been struggling with indoctrination throughout Mass Effect 3, starting at the point of the Arrival DLC at the end of Mass Effect 2. Although Bioware has gone on record saying that the indoctrination theory is a quote-unquote nice piece of fan fiction, uh, but not true to their vision, it does explain many things even going back to the first game and using Saren as foreshadowing of what would ultimately become of Shepard. Even though the theory has basically been discredited by Bioware, I still prefer to think of Shepard as suffering from a slow burn of indoctrination. If it were true, I would consider the ending as a stroke of brilliance, where everything was surreally taking place in Shepard's mind. The ultimate struggle at the end would have uh, been within him or herself. It also lends some credence to some of the other weird things throughout the story, such as Shepard's visions. A suggestion, but I think the third game is even better from this viewpoint and makes the ending much more interesting. Also, I think that it would be amazing to play these three epic games fulfilling the role of Shepard, only to have him become an ultimate nemesis in later installments. We know this isn't true, or that uh, this will happen, but we never played a game before where my creation, whom I've come to love, results in the unavoidable descent into madness, and becomes the ultimate monster I empathize with, but have to destroy regardless just makes me think back to Saren and remember he was once a specter and a good guy. But that doesn't matter when you are suffering from indoctrination. If you're not familiar with the indoctrination theory, the best publication was by ACAVYOS on YouTube um, explaining how it all makes sense. Just a suggestion, look forward to hearing your thoughts on the replay of Mass Effect 3. He then also responds with, actually, clever noobs had recently put together a much more extensive analysis of indoctrination theory within the past couple of years, but the documentary is about three hours long. Ooh, that sounds... Well, it's all about Mass Effect. That sounds pretty cool. It's all about has the he given... indoctrination theory on Mass Effect. Has he got a link? I'd be interested in that, because it is one of those weird... He's right, it's very ambiguous, that whole thing. Um, I think, ultimately, the... Uh, he isn't indoctrinated that the game we're going into spoiler territory and we should talk about this at the end of the um the run but you have the contrast between the elusive man and shepherd you know the yin and yang black and white um so i think the game certainly stares toward that um shepherd isn't indoctrinated and that's the line that they're clearly towing but it's yeah i've heard little bits and pieces i've not really delved into it too too much but I think from what I gather he's, he's right and some of the arguments are quite valid so maybe although they're happy with the way that that shepherd turned out and that story turned out maybe there were things in there that maybe were a little bit more ambigu- uh, ambigu- 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 yeah, there, yeah. ambiguous you know what I mean ambiguous thank you um, that maybe they were there in, on purpose 
and then maybe the end and they towards the end and when the story's wrapping up they decided to to kind of more hone in on the fact that he wasn't if he's got a link for that um that would be great i'd love three hours i'd love to watch a three-hour documentary i love documentaries um, yeah. you can definitely look it up on YouTube. It's, it's under clever noobs. Um, he didn't send the link, but I'm sure once he hears this, he'll send you one on Twitter or something, but, Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But, um, Please do. I am actually pretty familiar with the indoctrination theory because, uh, my old roommate, this game came out whenever I was still living with him. And then we, he talked about it a lot. Um, because he, he was up, up fucking set about the ending to mass Effect Three, And, um, you know, the whole time I'm thinking it's just a fucking video game, dude. I mean, you know, it, it, whatever. That, that's what they wanted to end it with. I'm like, yes, yeah, I should the ending, but whatever, you know. Um, and it, he, but he went on like forums and stuff and started reading about this indoctrination theory and told me all about it. And I mean, he, he further believes that as far as the theory goes, that the indoctrination started when Shepard touched the, the, the Prothean monolith. At the in one in one, mm. it started there when he started seeing visions, and that was allowing the reapers to come into his mind. Yeah, I mean, it, and that stands to reason in the fact that the the markers were there um, to progress, not humanity, but to gre- progress life enough to they get to the point where the reapers would come. So it kind of maybe stands to reason that. Indo- you know, they they figure some sort of indoctrination into it because they need people like the um, elusive man, the people who are. They need them to do things their end, like open up the various relays and stuff that would make their journey into. Yeah, that does make sense. That maybe there's some slight doctrination throughout all of those kind of markers. But doesn't the game say that he was? It, don't they say that Shepard was too strong for it to take effect? I'm sure I read somewhere that, that that was where they were going on. It was like he was a kind of immune to it because he was so pure in heart. I don't strong know. Strong-willed. Yeah, so strong-willed. I, I mean, I'm, I can't remember. I'm sure as we get to the end, there's probably some, you know, massive monologue from the in, um, the elusive man at some point. But I don't know. Um, I don't know uh, it's 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 cool, and I'm, yeah, that's a kind of theory. I think it's really cool because it is that little mystery in the game that's not really ever answered, and you can go a lot deeper with conspiracy theories. And it's a fiction, which makes it all the more weird that you're actually going down this rabbit hole. It's just a piece of fiction. It's not like a yeah, who shot JFK conspiracy theories or other the moon landings fake. It's it's fiction, yet it's still got a conspiracy theory. It's awesome. People love this shit, man. Yeah, and again, when you've got people who can make maybe three hours documentaries on it, there's got to be something in it, isn't there? True. But you can definitely check those out. Um, that's where we're going to end it here. Um, I think, <laughs> I may be wrong, but I think we got a lot more of this game than what we think. I can't, re- I think a lot will unlock when I next do the, the next couple of missions, because it kind of, maybe I'll give it to me in the clump where, all of the stuff's there and then you do a bit more and some more pop up, but I'm played about 15, 16 hours so far. Yeah. I'm about 10 hours in right now. I haven't cured the genophage yet or went to that mm. mission. So I don't know. Um, I'll figure it out when we'll I get see. there. Yeah. I, I, like I said, it may, it may be two episodes. I'm not certain though. I mean, I'll attempt to beat this game within the next week. So we'll see. 
Um, if not, we can always do a second recording doing the, the, the wrap up. I may, I may even bring up some stuff, look up some stuff as far as like what they changed because they retconned that fucking ending. I've not seen the new one and I don't know whether when I see it, I'm going to recognize any changes. Exactly. I didn't do it. It was 2012 when I last played that game. Yeah. So I'm curious of what they exactly changed. So we'll see. Um, but if you do want to follow us all on Twitter, I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And John is at John WUK. Got it right, sucker. Yes. Not, <laughs> not, not double you. Take, take a deep breath. <laughs> oh, we got it. We got it. Uh, you can also follow the podcast itself. It's at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Check out that. Um, Check out that uh, that Twitter account because we currently I have it pinned on our account. <laughs> the voting, I'm so sorry. The voting for the next game is up, <laughs> and uh, you guys get to choose what we're going to play. It's between Wolfenstein: The New Order, The Last of Us, uh, Mario and Luigi: Bowser's Inside Story, and uh, what was the other one? Shit, it's not winning. Oh, Deadly Premonition. Yeah, I was going to say, there isn't really a choice now, is there? Well, there's still six more days. Um, and I, how 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 far ahead is Last of Us? I uh, think probably Wolfenstein's right behind it. I'd say it's probably uh, 60%. Um, I, have, I, I haven't even looked at it. I, can, I guess I can bring it up. in second place. What's that now? Uh, Wolfenstein always coming in second place. I know, this is the second time Wolfenstein has come in second place. Well, all I can say is that you absolutely hate The Last of Us, so there's no reason that anyone would vote for any any of the other games. Things can change. All right, so 47% say The Last of Us, 28% say The Wolfenstein, 6%, yeah, <laughs> 6% Bowser, and 19% Deadly Premonition. And that's for 47 <laughs> votes. So I want to I wanna see – I want you guys to spread this. Anybody who sees – that I want you to retweet it. I want as many people as we can get to vote for this, um, and obviously make sure they're voting for the Last of Us. Sure, I mean that's the thing is like everybody's like, <laughs> "Oh man, you get to play the Last of Us, dude!" I don't give a shit. I will play the Last of Us. Well, yeah. I had to with Mass Effect. Everyone jumped on that bugger, didn't they? They did. And look where we are. And we're now we're finishing Mass Effect three. So you know, to be fair, I was thankful. Yeah. So I mean that's you know, that's that's fine. If if you, you guys want to oh, somebody's a, at could... my door. <laughs> <laughs> so we gotta wrap this up. Uh I'll uh you know, I'm oh, fucking all right. That's before, a lovely doorbell. I know, before they ring it again. Uh I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And I'm John. And we are out of here. I hope you guys have a great week and we'll be back next week with more Mass Effect Three.